0: What is going on, guys? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the ATB Fantasy Show. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. Guys, Dave Hartman, a.k.a. Pigskin Papers, is not with me tonight. But fear not, the guest chair is not empty. With me is a very familiar face and someone we all know and love. Ladies and gentlemen, making his annual appearance on the show, please welcome Rich Mileto back to the show. Rich, how are you?
1: man it's great to be here paul i i always appreciate when you invite me to come back on man i i miss doing this every week i really do
0: yeah i uh you know every time we talk it seems like you you, you mentioned that at least once a month how you miss miss coming on the show and talking with us man And i was just talking the other night with my wife that uh you know i was talking about how me you and Nuggie would just drink and we'd talk and talk before we'd even start the show and i miss those times right that was good stuff
1: and, and you know it's funny uh I don't know if you follow Chris Cook on Twitter, but um, he's a great guy and we've become friends. And, and, you know, he's told me, he goes, I read all your stuff and, and he's doing his own content too. And he goes, but man, you got it. It's better when you're talking. He goes, it's just better stuff when you're talking than when you're right. he goes, I'm not knocking your writing, right. And just, it is. And so I, I, man, I get yappy. Right. So, and, and it's hard to put voice inflection and tone and, and excitement and things like that into writing. And I don't know. I just find it a lot more when we can talk through things, ask questions. And I mean, mm-hmm. they always take us off on tangents, but you got to admit, sometimes they're fun. Oh yeah. You and I have had, we've had some player take battles, if you will, Rich. Yes, we have, man. Yes, we have. It's fun though. I appreciate the pushback. No, of course. And
0: what it's, I always learn something talking with you. And like, when we don't agree on something, I, you know, I'd like to think you've learned something from me over the years. Oh, for when sure. We do, Trade trade negotiations, I mean, you are not one to, like, let an ounce of value be left in the jar, my friend.
1: <laughs> and see, I think I'm a horrible trader, right? Like, I've had uh, – and maybe it's because I only remember the bad trades and not the good trades. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the, the ones that you're, like, at the time you thought they were good and you look back and you're just haunted by it, you know? Mm. Uh, and and I'll, I'll be frank. I've I've come to the realization I don't really enjoy trading. Some people really enjoy the negotiating back and forth and I can appreciate that, but like I have to do that through work and and that is probably like the last thing I want to do like in my off time. Like I remember going to, on a trip to Jamaica and uh, the person I was with just love haggling over t-shirts, you know oh no yeah. you can get it for five bucks. no no do, get no more than seven. And I'm like, look, just just tell me what the price is. like I, right. I'm on vacation. The last thing I want to yeah. do is negotiate. You
0: know, for real, so. yeah. Well, uh, Rich, you know, you and you know, I have had some uh, some fantasy battles, if you will. The biggest
1: battlefield definitely has to be Twitter. Can you
0: let the people know where they can find you there?
1: Absolutely. You can find me at Fantasy Bosco. Real simple.
0: Fantasy B O S C O. Yes, sir. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan15. Okay, Rich, I haven't gotten to ask this question in a long time, and it's only fitting that I ask it again with you back on the show. Rich, what you drinking?
1: I, and I feel bad. I knew this was coming, and, and I considered doing something different. But I have to do puppy exercises after this, plus work on my NASCAR truck article. So sadly, Paul, I am drinking sweet tea. Yeah. Hey, no worries. nothing, Man, that's the drink of the
0: South, sir. That's like next to water. That That's what some Southerners consider water, sir.
1: It is. That's my water. I can't lie. I, I was born and raised on sweet tea, and and uh, this time at night when I got stuff to do, It's my go-to. Yes, sir.
0: I was just, uh, you know, when I was preparing for the show, I was making my drink. Uh, I was thinking about how, like, you and Nugget, you'd always have this fancy beer, and I was always drinking whiskey. And I'm like, I'm having a pineapple truly, or I'm having a fruit punch truly, or, (laughs) you know, drinking like a a sorority girl here. But, you know, things haven't changed much, Rich. Tonight, I'm having a Code Red Mountain Dew and a little bit of Evan Williams, my friend.
1: (laughs) Hey. Oh, and the Red Solo Cup. You, uh, that's just, that's next level now. I don't know where oh, my wife
0: got this. Uh, it's a its a perfect cocktail cup, though. I was going to say it's know, a permanent or...
1: extra large Red Solo Cup. <laughs> yes,
0: sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Rich, you know, usually when you come on, man, we're, we're going to be talking rookies and player fits and coachings and things like that. But I thought, you know, we, we'd switch things up this time. And... uh uh, you know, instead of doing that, because of you, you know, you, you've got a bit of a unique taste when it comes to to teams here. You, you've got two favorite teams. I know some people, you know, look down on that, but for those that don't know, Rich is not only a fan of the Cleveland Browns, but he's also a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are his two favorite teams, uh, which who just so happen to be division rivals. So tonight, we'll be discussing the AFC North for fantasy purposes. Uh, but before we discuss that, Rich, I want to ask you. When you look at the offseason, which NFC team had the best offseason in your eyes?
1: You know, I really debated this with myself earlier today. It's hard for me to not look at at the Eagles. Um, oh, just wow. just because I feel okay. like they actually got better and they were already Ooh. a Super Bowl team, right? Um, I could make an argument for the Lions. I, I feel like oh, they okay. made some great upgrades. Yeah. I'm a little worried with Jameson's um, suspension. If they're a little yeah. at the receiving core to start the year, right? But honestly, I think the team that made the biggest improvements overall, and I'm going to catch flack for this, is the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, they, they are a run heavy team, yeah, they got the best back out there.
0: Yes, I sir. think
1: I, I'm a Desmond Ritter fan, I think he's underrated both from an athleticism standpoint and, and a gameplay standpoint. I think that, likewise. He was kind of put in a bum situation. They, they really didn't want to have to start him last year. I think having a, a running game like they're going to have, having Pitts, having um, London, Strict and, and London. I, yeah. I get Mac Hollins isn't all that, but look, he, he was solid enough to play a lot. Of, I mean, he played a significant amount of snaps for the Raiders and was effective. Yeah. I think this is a very much improved offense and balanced team. And, and quietly, they have made a bunch of moves on defense to help the defense that it needed, they're still a long mm-hmm. ways away. But overall, I think this is a much improved team. I really do. Yeah, you look at
0: that uh, NFC South. I mean, there's no reason if Desmond Ritter is just competent that they can't be competing for
1: that top spot. Hey, let's just say he's Jeff Jared Goff level, right? Oh, a lot of people goodness. knock on Jared Goff, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it really – I mean, some people say system and whatnot. Is it really far-fetched to think with the weapons he has around him? I mean, you could argue he has some of the best youth and great weapons under him. You know, I know a lot of people are hating on Kyle Pitts. They think it's going to be low volume and all that. Hey, it yeah. was low volume in Tennessee when Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator. And guess who was consistently a solid play? That tight end, Delaney Walker was there. And then – uh, mm-hmm. oh, I'm trying to think of the name who was after there. But you could basically – turn- Hooper, you could basically turn to the Titans' tight end spot and feel pretty decent about it. Yeah. Oh, Johnny Smith. Is that who you were? John, thinking I was about? gonna say Johnny Smith was the one. Yeah, Johnny Smith. He had
0: some look, moments. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he did, and he left, and and really Johnny Smith got beat out at times by the uh, the backup big old white boy. I can't think of his name. Hunter but, Henry.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, you're no, talking about Tennessee.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Um, it'll come to me later, man. But it. Yeah. No. Worries, regardless, no I, I have some faith there. Yeah, absolutely. I like I like that
0: uh, that breakdown because I I do think Riz, Ritter is underrated and people are you know they keep saying how he was missing people by two feet and and OTAs and that, I feel like that was overblown. But because when you hear Arthur Smith talk about him and saying he likes his intelligence, he likes how how far he's come along so far. So yeah, I like Ritter. I mean I, I've tried to uh, snag him in as many best ball drafts as I can. I've tried trading for him in as many um, super flex dynasty leagues as I can. Nobody wants to trade him away so i think a lot of people will kind of echo that sentiment that you have rich
1: i'm looking forward to seeing what plays out i really am because i i i've I've seen a lot of people hate on arthur smith i feel like he's done Mm -hmm. a great job with that team look he's a guy that doesn't want to lose and the best way to help that team win was to do what he did was to slow it down keep the defense off the field and keep games close and grind it and were they a good team no but they won more games than people thought they would and this is going to be a better team so i'm 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 curious to see what we see. Look, yeah, Arthur no. Smith helped Ryan Tannehill. Right, yeah, nobody else wanted and and had and he had given up on Tannehill. And where are we at now? I mean, for two years, but he was there with them. Well, Tannehill's said, "Man, what a great QB two to have in your lineup." Right. I'm, there's a lot of overlap and skill set here.
0: And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe at one point last season, I mean, Atlanta was atop the NFC South, and I think they were even at like six and two at one point.
1: Yeah, they started out hot, and it. You know they they got some lucky wins at the beginning. It, it look it yeah. wasn't a talented team. They weren't good, but they're look. It's a year older. It's very young, and there's some some talent on that roster.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're talking about the NFC team that had the best off season. Rich, what about AFC? What which team there do you think had the best off season?
1: I think it was the Browns. Hmm. Um, I like the changes love, they love made. Them getting Elijah Moore. I, I love the. And look, this is not being a homer pick. I mean, I'll be the first to admit my fandom has waned over the last few years. I mean, doing a lot of content providing and things like that, you really have to take a more honest view, right? Um, Look, I think that Deshaun Watson bounces back a little bit. I think the year off really hurt, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, And if I'm wrong on that, 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 that's how the ship's going to go. Um, they they admit they want to open up the offense more I love the receive I mean that receiving room is really really deep now in my opinion Um, I think the defense is improved I think they have an excellent special teams unit and I think they're flying under the radar like I was looking at the you know I knew we were going to be talking about the AFC North here and I'm looking at the the division top to bottom and look there's a lot of things that can go one way or another here it it would not shock me to see any number of scenarios play out and the one that seems to be talked about the least right now is the Browns taking a step forward. And I just think they're mm-hmm. kind of flying under the radar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Rich, I mentioned, you know, in the intro that we're going to be breaking down the AFC note, So let's stay there. And a, a team that I felt that improved the offseason season that, you know, some people were talking about, but some still have some questions as far as the quarterback situation goes. But you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, when you look at the moves that they made, did they? do you think they did enough to help Kenny Pickett?
1: I think they did anything and everything but help Kenny Pickett and the fact that they kept Matt Canada there. I yeah, I don't have a problem with the players. I think Pickens potentially could be very good. I, I, mm. I understand the love for Pickens. I have concerns and reservations mostly because of the offensive setup. It's stagnant. It's boring. It's predictable. It's not creative. They don't do things to, to add mism- mix, mismatches. And, and their best offensive talent, they added, is a tight end that I love, but you have a great tight end. Now, if you're worried about Fryer-Muth's health going forward and his concussions, you know, this is a great, you know, kind of backup plan. But, you know, yeah. like I've been telling everybody, I'm worried about all the offensive players there. I, I have to believe that at some level that Walker's going to take some of Fryer-Muth's red zone looks. Mm-hmm. George Pickens is going to get his. And hey, Deontay Johnson, by accident, should at least get more than he had last year, which was zero. So I don't I don't know that we're really going to see much of a difference. I think this Pittsburgh team is going to be a grinded out, kind of a boring team to watch. And I think it's unfortunate because I don't know what we have in Kenny Pickett.
0: Yeah, I was surprised that they brought back Canada because I believe it was just two years ago where you're hearing the rumblings that the players were unhappy with the uh with the system and the uh and the play calling and everything and then you know here we are two years later and he's still there when they had an opportunity to let him go i thought that was uh a big discussion that they the Steelers were going to part ways and yet here we are so yeah that's that's interesting um you know you're only as good as your play caller sometimes right so you know when you look at the Steelers, I know you're not very high on them, but you know, are there any that you you find yourself targeting, maybe in best ball or trying to maybe a, a buy low, if you will?
1: So so I am on. And I said Walker earlier. I meant I meant Washington. My my apologies. Uh, Darn out Washington. Um, no, not really. I will I will gladly take Najee Harris at his cost right now. I feel like mm. his cost is below where it should be. I will gladly take Harris at that 2-3 type turn situation. I think that's a great value. Um, Deontay Johnson, you could get him as like a wide receiver 4-5 at this point. It's probably worth a stab. I feel like Pickens' ADP is a little too inflated. People are really a high hoping there. And and I'm, I'm worried about Fryermuth. Now, his, his ADP has dropped a lot. Uh, I just did a staff mock draft that fantasy grew and, and he didn't fall or he fell into the 11th round. Which I think is is quite a bargain, but I I am worried there. Like I said, you you kind of counted on the volume, the consistent volume from youth with the with the red zone looks, and if he loses some of those, I just I'm a little concerned. I I'm really not actively going after anybody on the Steelers' offense at this point, other than like I said, I will gladly get Harris where he's where he's being taken at this point.
0: Right here, so it sounds like you're buying Harris. So I'll ask you this, Rich. You mentioned Deontay Johnson earlier. We we know that he ended the season, the twenty twenty two season, with zero touchdowns. That's unlikely to happen again. But George Pickens is the receiver that everybody is kind of excited about here in twenty twenty three. When you look at cost and possible prediction, or possible production, who do you like more, Deontay Johnson or George Pickens?
1: If you want to chase ceilings and deal with boom bust weeks, Pickens yeah. is your guy. Right. If you want a mediocre floor and hope for a little more, Deontay Johnson is your guy. That's why I said at cost, I, it's hard for me to go after Pickens. I would much rather, you know, take Johnson as a bye week fill-in type of player, as my fifth, sixth type of of receiver that I take fourth, fifth, sixth. I mean, he's he's fallen enough where his value I think is at least entertaining
0: absolutely uh yeah. i uh you know a lot of the smarter people that i follow on twitter they don't really understand the hype with george pickens and they're they're saying to target deontay johnson i've seen uh deontay johnson falling and i've tried to grab him everywhere i could but i do think that george pickens man he does have a much higher ceiling
1: without a doubt i mean if you want to talk about who can be a true number one on this offense is george pickens but here's my thing we haven't seen it from pickens he's been a bit inconsistent um You know me and my diva receiver opinions, right? And and he's kind of in that ballpark. And we're talking about a stagnant offense that I'm not sure is going to throw the ball enough. I mean, Kenny Pickett, his touchdowns last year, if I remember correctly, was quite atrocious. So, again, I blame this on Matt Canada, the offense, the system. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to buy into any receivers on the system. We'll talk about some other teams here, but they're not the only team I'm really not interested in investing in their wide receivers.
0: Oh, interesting. Well, you know, you mentioned already that the Browns are being overlooked. So I'll ask you: There's, um, there was a, a story, a report that came out, or maybe even you want to call it a rumor or whatever you want to call it, that the Cleveland Browns that they want to be more of a pass-heavy throw-first type of team. Are, are you buying that story, Rich?
1: Yeah, I. Uh, you know what I read was is they want to more cater the offense to Watson, and makes mm, sense. Yeah. I mean Kevin. Oh yeah, Kevin Seifert should know better than to do that. And that was one of the complaints I had last year watching the Browns and why I think Joby Jacoby Brissett handled it better. It was a better offense set up for him, which makes sense. They were trying to build to make a playoff run, right? So you need to find a way to win without Watson for the first 10 games. And uh-huh. you do it, you know, making sure you built the offense around your quarterback. I also think that their actions are backing that up because notice the Browns haven't added Another running back certainly haven't added a thumper type running back. They're said they're not really interested in adding any veteran experience at the spot, which leads me to believe that we may see Chubb more use in the pass game, which you've heard me say for years, Paul. He's been way underutilized in that. He has much better hands and much better route running than he gets credit for. And mm-hmm. I think Jerome yeah. Ford fills in for the Kareem Hunt role. And I think he's quite electric in the open field in space. So I think the actions, what they're saying, and personally, if I'm them, this is exactly what I would be doing. And, look, if you're going to be talking about adding DeAndre Hopkins, then you are really looking at spreading out because this wide receiver room, as we've already kind of mentioned, is quite deep if you want to look at it. I mean, you got Amari Cooper. A lot of people are still high on Donovan Peoples-Jones, so I think he's going to find himself on the way out if he doesn't take another step forward. I think Elijah Moore is a great fit for the slot role in this offense, and I think people are underappreciating him. I think Cedric Tildman might be a year away mostly because of access to playing time, but quite yeah. frankly, he was one of my favorite, if not favorite receiver in this class. You know me, I'm a size whore. He's one mm-hmm. of the few that has the <laughs> speed and the size to play the type of position that I want. So, yeah. you know, the fact that he got hurt and fell in the draft Hey, Nick Chubb fell in the draft too. Nick Chubb went to the Browns in the second round because of a knee injury. So this, I love what they've done with the wide receiver room and the options they have. I think this screams they're going to be airing it out more. I don't know if we'll be a true throw first, but I think the type of offense you saw Deshaun Watson run in the past is what you're going to see again.
0: Yeah, people, you know, seem to have soured on Deshaun Watson because of that small six game sample from last year. When a guy hasn't played in almost two years, I mean, what can he really expect? Do you think that Deshaun Watson is going to return to form in 2023, Rich?
1: I am cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Look, look, not practicing, not playing matters. Okay? People can oh, say yeah. it doesn't. It does. Chemistry matters. This is the first offseason he's going to have in, what, three years that's not going to be interrupted with holdouts, court, suspension, whatever. I mean, I understand he could practice during the offseason last year, but look, let's be real, people. That coaching system or that coaching staff, really had no interest in building a rapport with Watson and the rest of the team. They had to open the season for the first three quarters of the year with somebody else. So I'm not willing to take much into that six games other than what I saw, and I saw some flashes of what he was. It's mm-hmm. still in there. I think yeah. he's going to be okay. I think the rust comes off finally, and we see Deshaun Watson again.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned all the receivers he has, Amari Cooper, uh, Elijah Moore, Donovan People jones Cedric Tillman, David and Njoku, Jerome Ford, and Nick Chubb. I mean, you know, we saw what Jacoby Brissett was able to do last year. He, he was a, a QB, top 15 QB most weeks last season. You know, uh, a cheat code there for, you know, those who waited on quarterback and super flex. You got to got to be pretty excited for Deshaun Watson, if I say, if I say so myself. Uh, I have a feeling where you're going to go with this, Rich. You know, you, you're not too high on Donovan People jones but when you look at these Brown receivers, are you investing or avoiding?
1: Um, Totally. I, I'm investing, and it just depends which ones and what kind of format setup. I have quite a few shares of Cedric Tillman. Look, the reason I'm not necessarily high on Donovan Peoples-Jones is I still think there's reason to get excited. But look, they added to this ride receiver room, and there is a cheap out on Donovan Peoples-Jones. So they are not tied to him. They can easily yeah. walk away after this year. So to me, this is a prove-it, make-it-break-it type of year for him. He's got the speed, he's got the size. But let's be honest, he's also had the case of the drops quite a few times. Mm-hmm. It, it's not all the time, but there are times when it's like he's Mr. Drops out there. So he's going to have to prove it. I think they got Elijah Moore for cheap. I think the way he's fallen in drafts, he's worth a dart throw. Oh, yeah. Look, I think this helps Amari Cooper. Cooper's Mr. Not Consistency, right? It's kind of boomer bust. I think this helps him because at the very least, it's going to be much more difficult now with the other receivers across the way to to kind of shut him down especially again with watson i think this is just going to be a little bit different and and look i don't think they bring in hopkins but if they bring in hopkins that just completely changes i mean this that's a lot of receiver talent out in the field man and like i said look i'm not high on david bell at this point but he was a solid possession possession receiver coming out of college so i don't know that we can completely write him off as far as a wide receiver three or four on the team i'm not saying for fantasy purposes um And I'm telling you, man, don't don't sleep on Cedric Tillman.
0: Yeah, that's kind of crazy to think about. You know, here in two years, the Browns could lose Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, but then they could replace them with Cedric Tillman and David Bell and still have Elijah Moore. That's that's exciting.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: You mentioned the, you know, Jerome Ford skill set. But from a fantasy standpoint, is he anything more than a stash?
1: I'm of the opinion he takes over that Kareem Hunt role. If, if folks yeah. were drafting Kareem Hunt the rest, last two years, I don't know why you're not interested in Ford. Yeah. He's a little smaller. So is Hunt. He's more of a speed guy. He's not Chubb. I mean, do I think he's Chubb's handcuff? I think if Chubb goes down, you're not going to see it a one-to-one. Like I'm a little surprised, a little disappointed even, that they didn't retain to Ernest Johnson because I think that was a better fit for them as kind of a true backup if something were to happen to Chubb. So I do think you see somebody come into this backfield. Maybe it's younger, Um, you know, and they may have someone on the practice squad. Like I haven't gone through the Browns depth chart, but you know, the Ernest Johnson just kind of appeared, right? I mean, he was really buried on that depth chart and all of a sudden was like, whoa, this guy can play. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go digging. I don't know that Ford's a true handcuff. He's a little small, in my opinion, a little more of a different type of runner, but I think he's a great compliment to, to Chubb. And I, Look, I think he's going to get a fair share of touches. I I got an offer for him for a sixth round pick and I laughed it off and told the guy, look, you would offering a six for Hunt the last two years would have been laughable. You don't want to pay quite that much. I get it, but we're nowhere near the same ballpark. That's a blind dart throw, a sixth round pick. You were taking him in the fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, last year. At this point, now the opportunity and playing time is on the forefront. Let's be real.
0: Yeah, Jerome Ford is definitely not a, a roster clogger. Somebody you're looking to get what you can with and get get out. You know, we've talked a little bit about the AFC North team. You know, we mentioned the Browns and their skill players. We mentioned the the Steelers and their skill players. Looking at this division as a, as a whole, with Joe Burrow and the Bengals and and Lamar Jackson and the the Ravens, is the AFC North the best division to target in fantasy when you look at cost and p- production rich?
1: I don't know if it's the best because I think you can find some great bargains with teams and players out of the AFC West um, and East, for that matter. Um, I think there's some to be had. I mean, let's be real. If you're going to really target anybody in the best, the AFC North might have some of the top two, you know, right? When you've got Burrow, you've got Jamar Chase. Um, I got another guy I want to talk about here in a little bit. They'll be coming up, but I – I don't think it's the best. I understand where you're coming from as far as cost because there's some great values, especially with the Browns players, right? A lot of Watson's been a value, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Chubb's going mid to late second round oftentimes. Um, So there's some value there. But I think if I really wanted to pick a division to go after and target, look, I'd much rather go after some of the guys in the AFC West. Oh, I
0: like that. I like that. So I know you – we haven't touched on the Ravens, but – they did a lot to try to please Lamar. They signed him to that big deal. But prior to doing that, they added some receiver talent. You know, Zay Jones, although Beckham Jr., Nelson Aguilar, and of course they already had Rashad Bateman and, and Mark Andrews. Uh, is there a uh, Baltimore receiver that you find yourself drafting in fantasy more often than not?
1: I haven't drafted any. Oh. Um, I, I am not on this, this offense. Look, Bateman, because of the quarter zone shot and people freaking out even more, his ADP dropping into the hundreds, he's a little more intriguing for me. Uh, look, you've heard me talk about OBJ for a long time, man. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not dealing with that headache. He's still got to come back from the injury. The guy doesn't stay hydrated. He's a headache. I'm out. If they make it to the playoffs, watch out for OBJ. But I, I it's just not worth the headache, the guessing game, any of that. I'm a little more down on Andrews this year with this new offensive system. I don't think it's going to get funneled through Andrews as much. Mm-hmm. It might, but I'm lower on Andrew than most of the, the consensus out there. So I haven't really gotten him anywhere. If he falls far enough, for sure. But look, I'd much rather wait a round or two later and get Kyle Pitts. I'm still a believer in Pitts. Yeah. Um, Bateman, eh? And and look. I can't get behind Zay Flowers, man. To me, this is still Lamar Jackson throwing outside the numbers to a little short receiver. I am i can't. I, You know, I mean, I guess it worked quite a bit with Marquise Brown, other than him being Mr. Drops. I mean, that guy dropped so many touchdowns a couple of years ago, so maybe I shouldn't mm. be so quick to, yeah. to rule out Zay. But I don't trust Lamar and small, short receivers. And so I just – and the other thing, Todd Monkin did great at Georgia. It's easy to do great in college when you have the best players on the field. I mean, go look right. at how many players were drafted from Georgia this year. Last time Todd Monken was in the NFL, we laughed at his offenses. So do I think this is gonna be a saving grace for Baltimore and the Ravens? No. In fact, this you you might be shocked about what I got to say about that later.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned uh monkin's new offense a lot of people are getting excited about jk dobbins because of monkin's offense you know what, what he likes to do with his running backs are you buying or selling jk dobbins
1: i am in on dobbins i i feel like he's it's they're still gonna have to run look anytime you have a rushing quarterback it forces your defense to play you differently it opens up running lanes mm. i will yep, gladly yep. gamble on Dobbins, especially at his cost he yes, is the one, yes, yes. you know, You know, notice notice the two players I'm in on on two teams I want nothing to do with their offenses are the two running backs. Right. You know, because we're going to have potentially short yardage touchdowns and they're both offenses are still going to have to count on those two guys and those two guys should still have volume. That That's what it comes down to me at the running back spot, right? So Dobbins I'm in on, I will gladly take him at cost, but the rest of the Ravens, not so much.
0: Fair enough, man. Yeah. Interesting take there on the Ravens because you've got, you know, if you have Lamar in fantasy, you've got to be pretty excited. But when you look at where he's still being drafted, it's kind of hard to take him at that spot. Are are you excited about him?
1: Are you excited? I am, yeah. But I mean, about all the games that you, you might be missing. I mean, the last two years has been kind of rough, hasn't it? Yeah,
0: it has. But when he's playing, he's still a top five guy. Okay. When he's playing. But we
1: play. 16 weeks, 17 weeks, 18 weeks. Yeah. If he's only playing eleven of them, that's great. You won those eleven weeks. What are you doing in the other six? Right. I, I'm just saying he's been real no, bumpy the, the last case. two the real in yeah, the last two years. I, is there, I mean, I guess what I'm looking for is how can we have more faith in this year that it's not like the last two years? You know what I'm saying? Like what yeah. what's changed? Is it because he's got a better offense? Because let's be honest, the guy has a diarrhea problem, it seems like. Some upset stomach issue. I mean, I'm not trying to poke fun to make fun, but this this has like come up a few times, right? Yeah. The way he plays, I again, man. To me, it's it's like OBJ and that headache. Like, yes, give me the big games, but if we're if we're playing best ball, go for it. I'm all over it, right? Because we don't have yeah. to guess when he's going to do it. Although you are going to have to have some depth. You're still going to have to have somebody else a little higher up as your second quarterback to fill in for those games, but. I don't know, man. I, I the last two years, I don't know that we see much different.
0: Interesting. So, you, I mean, if you had to guess, how many games are you predicting Lamar, Lamar, to miss this year? Five. Oh wow, that's kind of scary, man. That's the third of the season.
1: Well, I tell you what. Let's just look at what he's done the last two years. Maybe I'm overstating it. All right, that's very possible. You know, what do they call that? Revisit or uh, revisionist history.
0: You know, for me, I'm not the type, I mean, you know, you, injuries aren't predictable, but at the same time, they can, you can start to see a trend in certain players. So right. I see where
1: you're coming from on Lamar. So here's, here's, here's where we're at. The last two years, he's played 12 games. The two years before that, he played 15. As okay. you get older, you typically don't hold up as well, right? Yeah. So let's just take an average and call it 14 games, 13 games. That that still puts us at four. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. I mean,
0: four games. That's four games, especially if if it's heading into the playoffs and your you know your your first round pick's not there for you. That that's things, right? You know. So while we're talking about an AFC North quarterback, Rich, which AFC North quarterback do you want on your dynasty teams?
1: Oh come on, that's that's a no brainer, right? I mean, give me Burrow, give me Burrow, give me Burrow. I mean, if we're talking about in a draft and taking some value. Man, fine, I'll take Watson. But, I mean, there's no sense, really, at the cost they both are. You couldn't end up with, like, a Burrow and a Watson or something like that in a super flex. Oh, man. Startup. Yeah. But, you know, Burrow, age, the receivers he's got, give me Burrow, man. Joe Cool. I, Hey, you know me. I'm not chasing those rushing Russian quarterbacks anyway. I'm completely fine with Mr. Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, uh, hey, and he, he he has the numbers to back it up, too. Yep. You know what, Joe Burrow's favorite weapon has to be Jamar Chase. But when you look at the receivers in the AFC, who's the next best receiver after Jamar Chase?
1: T. Higgins. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay.
1: What does he like about T. Higgins so much? He's a complete receiver, man. If he plays with somebody outside of Jamar Chase, he's the number one on their team. He has the size, he has the speed. He goes up and gets the ball, he gets open. I mean, you could argue that. T. Higgins makes that whole offense a lot better. Remember the games that he missed last year? The Bengals struggled. Boyd didn't really step up and fill in the way that I think people had hoped or expected. And if he were ever to leave the Bengals, I'm telling you, I would gladly – I mean, look, T. Higgins is going in the top three rounds right now pretty consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many receivers across the league are going in the top three rounds? 12, 15 of them? Yeah. 16, 20?
0: Since last year, uh, you know, people – last off season, I should say, people have really been kind of planting their flag on T. Higgins, and I didn't understand it until last season, you know, seeing him play. But, yeah, he, he's definitely uh, made me a – not necessarily a truther, but he proved me wrong. You know, But, you know, you, you mentioned T. Higgins. You mentioned Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. When you look at their – where they're priced at in fantasy, are they overpriced?
1: I'm probably lower on Jamar Chase than others because I feel he's a little too boom and bust for my like, and I feel like I could get a haul for him. I mean, three first, maybe more, you know. Oh, easily. I yeah. I I've, I've seen people get the value of four to five first from him between the players and the picks involved, right? Um, so I'd be okay with that. Look, you're talking to a guy that would probably sell Lamar for a ham sandwich, right? Oh, I mean Lord. I mean, I'm not suggesting anyone does that. You can get a haul for Lamar. But if I had Lamar, I'd be selling. Sell, sell, sell. If I could find a taker in OBJ, I'd sell, sell, sell on that. Um, I don't think you'd get enough for Bateman right now, so you'd have to hold. Um, T. Higgins, I don't think you'll get enough for what he's worth, in my opinion, to sell. Um, Nobody's buying Mixon. You can try to sell Mixon, but it's not happening. It really isn't. I mean, I got to... Second and a fifth out of them, and I thought that was a steal. Um, it was a late second, but regardless. I'm holding on to the Browns because I think they're undervalued and underappreciated. I mean, if you could get a haul for Chubb, but at his age, nobody wants to pay anything for him, right? So, and look, it, I'd be selling all the Steelers I could, not except for Najee, because you're not going to get what he's worth for him. But if people are willing to pay up for pickens, they're willing to pay up for Pickett. I'd be making moves.
0: Yeah. I know I uh, I traded for T Higgins in the league that you and I are together, and I felt like it was a good deal. I traded Keenan Allen, Pat Fryer, moved for T Higgins in a second round pick. I believe it was like pick two one or two two, uh, in a ten team superflex where I was kind of looking for you know some some youth there. So you know I was happy with that deal. Nice. So you you know you you we've talked a lot about the AFC players, Rich. The ones that you like, the ones that you don't like. Is there one player that you, you you're selling here from the AFC North? Outbell one player chase.
1: One player I'm selling? Lamar Jackson. You can still get quite a bit for him. I don't want the headache. I will I will sell Lamar in a super flex for you know two, three first round picks, maybe some jobber thrown in and be a happy camper.
0: Okay, what what's if you were to trade
1: Lamar, what what kind of quarterback would you need in return? I tell you what, if I could get Daniel Jones a first and a second, I'd probably be happy.
0: Oh wow. Daniel Jones, somebody another person who still I, I feel is undervalued.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I let you know me, man. I chase coaches, bro. And I you heard me talking about Debole before he got hired. Remember when we had the whole conversation about who my two favorite potential hires were? We did we did a show on it back when. And it was him and Arthur Smith. Those were the two guys I felt. And Arthur Smith got the job and dabbled it. Didn't get one. And I thought that was a a horrible mistake. And look, Daniel Jones is right up there with Lamar and rushing. I think he's got better receivers. I like Hodgkins. He's a big body dude. He's a possession guy. I think he's a great fit there. So if I could get Daniel Jones a first round in a little bit more, like I said, I think a second would be a pretty good, would make me feel pretty good. I might be doing it for a little less cuz the way I see it Daniel from Lamar to Daniel Jones I'm losing maybe four to five quarterback position spots from a point standpoint points a game standpoint so if I can get a little bit more in those other areas maybe upgrade a running back get a stud running back in with a first round pick something like that I'd be very happy doing that
0: Interesting I mean I am I'm, I'm sure anybody listening to the show right now they're, they're probably shaking their head hoping that they can make a trade like that in their league might rich
1: Hey, sometimes I'm on an island, man. What can I say? Yes, sir.
0: Working on that tan. Okay, Rich, give me your your AFC North uh, bold call.
1: I got two of them for you. Oh, okay. I will not be shocked for a three-way tie for last place.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That would be the Browns not doing well, would be in that group. Um, I also would not be shocked to see the Ravens be dead last. Holy cow. In the division.
0: Man, so well, what is it? I mean, it's just, just because is this all relying on Lamar or do, or do you not think that their defense is very good? What, what What's your reasoning there?
1: I think the defense is very good. I think the defense is going to be the difference here and whether that, that a bold prediction like that comes true. I mean, yeah. we went bold here, right? Like I'm, I'm right. trying to go out on a limb and Abs- something yeah. I see that's plausible, but, you know, it, it's going to take a little something to get there. Look, if Lamar plays 11 games, for example, What's this offense look like? Like I said, Todd Monken's offense have been terrible when he was in the NFL. If OBJ is not on the field because he's hurt, is Lamar effective throwing to what he's throwing to currently? Bateman, Flowers, Andrews. Is a Flowers good enough to be something? I mean, I get people like him as an athlete. I just, the dude's 5'8, what? 5'8, 175, something like that, 180, right? And that's, that, that's shorter than me and my size. Like I don't care if I ran like the wind, those are some big dudes coming across hitting you. And I'm sure he's going to have some big plays here and there, but are you just hoping for Lamar to chuck it up? And is Lamar going to be running all over the place? And if he is look, as much as everyone calls Greg Norman, archaic and everything else, he was very creative with that running game and kept teams honest. I don't think Lamar is as good as Lamar thinks he is. I don't. So, I absolutely can see this playing out. If this offense completely fuddles and fails, everyone's picking the Steelers to be dead last. The Steelers are going to win eight or nine games. That's what Mike Tomlin does. So, is it possible to see if Lamar only plays eleven games, the Ravens lose to seven of them, mm. or I mean, when, only win? You know, win seven of the eleven he plays. If yeah, he plays but we, all we saw year, saw
0: Huntley last year. I mean. Well, with that defense and, and lesser weapons, yeah, that's
1: fair. You know, that's fair. That's do fair. enough. That's fair. And maybe I'm just hating on the purple so much, man. I don't know. But that that's my bold prediction that the Ravens will actually be. And look, that being said, I do think all four teams in this division are capable of finishing north, well, north of 500. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know, something I
0: mean? that that you brought to my attention is, is Todd Monken. I didn't, I, I, you know, I was unaware of his previous NFL coaching history, but that's something that, that you know, I'd like to look into because I, I'm not really familiar with
1: his uh, resume. Well, let's just pull up some of his, his landing spots here. Right. Now so,
0: was this early nineties? What are we talking here?
1: No, man, this was not too long ago. 2019 Browns offensive coordinator, 2018 Buccaneers offensive coordinator, 2016 and 17 offensive coordinator and wide receivers at Tampa Bay. Go look at the offenses for Tampa Bay from 16 to 18.
0: Jameis Winston, thirty, Mister Thirty for Thirty. Yeah, they had some good, some big numbers though, but Jameis Winston was just a turnover, turnover prone. But they didn't really have very good teams overall. But you know, they're they, they I believe they passed a lot, threw for a lot of yards, right. Mike Evans, I mean, you
1: know. Right. And do They're they don't have a Mike
0: Evans in Baltimore?
1: Though. I was gonna say there's no Mike Evans in Baltimore. And truthfully speaking, who's a better passer? I get no, Winston. Lamar Jackson,
0: go- dude. No question. God.
1: See, I disagree, man. If I look at a ball from point A to point B in some accuracy, Winston's problems on the interception was choices. It was poor decision making. Lamar has much better decision making, but I don't think Lamar's that great of a passer, man. I really don't. He has never thrown outside the numbers in an NFL career. He's only thrown over 3000 yards once. Yeah. Now some of that's on the on the on the team, but Let's look at the Browns I'm, too.
0: I'm getting flashbacks of Lamar at the uh, accuracy drill at the Pro Bowl
1: thinking about how how bad he was. Right? I'm just saying, man. I don't I think Winston throws a better ball. I'm not saying Winston's a better quarterback. I'm yeah, saying he yeah, throws a better ball, you know.
0: He might. He might. That's that's fair. I just, uh, you know, I think, I don't think we've seen Lamar's best as a passer. And I think we got a glimpse of it his year as the MVP with him and Mark Angels when he threw over 30 TDs and only four interceptions,
1: I believe, is what it was. So when Monken was the offensive coordinator for, uh, for the Browns, that was twenty nineteen. That was with Baker. Yeah, that was with Baker. He Baker went six and ten. Threw for fifty nine point four percent, thirty eight hundred yards, and twenty two TDs. The year before, Baker set the rookie record. That's fair,
0: but okay. Do you believe that's more Monkin or Baker?
1: I think Baker's part of the problem. I'm not going to deny that, but here again, I think. I Think we see a common trend. Yeah. Jameis Winston was throwing a lot of picks in here. Do you see what I'm saying? Their offense is set up to fail, I guess is what I'm getting at. That yeah, that type fair. of system, throwing and stretching the field works great in college. This ain't college, man.
0: Yeah, that's true. All right, Rich, we're gonna be wrapping things up here. Before we do, you know, you, you mentioned the content that you're creating. You know, you're talking a little bit about NASCAR, you're always you know. Doing fantasy talk on the on the Twitter timeline. Can you talk to us about your content where we can find it?
1: Yeah. So head over to fantasyguru.com. And I'm gonna sound like a horrible sleazy salesman. We have an all-inclusive <laughs> package that is normally a thousand dollars, and I think it's actually gonna go oh wow when it goes to to the season. Well, let me finish. That that's the normal price, okay? That all-inclusive includes every sports betting sport and thing we do. So I mean, sports betting for NBA football. If you do it now, it's going to cover all of next year's NBA. It's going to cover the rest of baseball this year and the early part next year. Cover all the football. Cover the rest of NASCAR. We'll cover all of NHL season next year. Yeah, um, we also do the same for DFS. Uh, that also includes the seasonal baseball stuff with Ray Flowers and the seasonal football stuff with Jeff Manns. With Platt, they have it. <coughs> they've had the discounted rate of eight hundred dollars for the year. They're offering a discount of fifty percent. So the, the discount code is PLAT, P-L-A-T-50, 50, 50 PLAT 50. Gets you 50% off. You get everything we offer for $400 for the next 12 months. When you buy it all a cart just for DFS football, seasonal football, and sports betting football, you will pay more than that. So Man. that's my plug. But fantasyguru.com. Um, we do have all the cards. If you're only into football season long, we got it. You only into daily or yeah. Daily baseball. We got it. You only into sports betting. We got it. Um, everybody has signed up for it. has been making back their money. I mean, Sean and I, we helped a guy win. I think he won a thousand dollars on the trucks the one day and won another 1200 on cup two days later. Um, we, we, we know what we're talking about, man. We put a lot of work and effort in. In fact, when I hang up here, I'm going to be digging into my NASCAR truck stuff. I mean, a whole article, and it's probably 2,000 words and a cheat sheet and everything else for just DFS trucks and sports betting on trucks. So, you know, there's not even a whole lot of action out there. But, man, our eSports guy kills it. We killed it in USFL. We killed it in XFL. Like, we we got some good guys, man. I, I can't lie. Like, I'm I'm very low on the totem pole. So when I help someone win some money here and there, it's a big deal. But head over to FantasyGuru.com. Check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Fantasy Bosco. And, Paul, I can't thank you enough for having me on, man.
0: Rich, the pleasure's all mine, man. I love talking ball with you. I'm always happy when you get to come back on. I you know, I always reminisce about your, your hosting days back in the day when we used to drink and talk ball. That was fun, man. I miss it. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, Rich, again, I can't thank you enough for coming coming back and, and talking with me. Uh, guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. I appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.
1: Peace.